1: Colin Barron recently released the Multiplanting book and in this episode of the podcast we're interviewing him about what the Multiplanting model is that he's used building Christchurch Manchester. You can find the full notes on everything that Colin talks about at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 142. So here is Colin Barron.
0: So, welcome to the broadcast Church Planting Podcast. Um, this is the third uh, episode with Colin Barron. Uh, so, Colin has just uh, written and released a book called Multi Planting, um, which we talk about a vision for raising leaders and doing mission and doing church. Um, and that is born of 40 years of ministry. So, in the previous two episodes, we have talked about the first wave of church planting and multi-site in Manchester, um, and which was a 10-year journey of planting uh, into South Manchester and then planting with uh, a lady called Sue and her dog into Bolton, uh, which became a bit of a, a running joke, but in reality that church in Bolton is thriving today, uh, well over 150 people doing really well, and a number of the churches that were planted then exist and uh, a dynamic um, mission focused really good churches in our city Uh, and then there was a pause Colin went to America as he was part of um, the wider leadership of New Frontiers he went uh, to serve in America for a couple of years and then came back and effectively started all over again in Manchester. Which actually makes this very interesting. Don't start this series of podcasts with this one. Go listen to one and two, then come to this. Because we started all over again in Manchester with multi-site. And it's a really interesting comparison, the first time round to the second time round. Um, So, Colin, you came back, you joined what was East Manchester Family Church. That's right. Which was about 15 people in someone's house. Um, And you had been in the States for a couple of years. Serving over there. So, when you got back to Manchester, did you think I'm just going to do this exactly the same as I've done before? I'm going to plant and see how it goes, or did you have something else in mind? What were you thinking? Uh, I wasn't thinking too much because I loved it in the States. Right. And so, when I came back,
1: it generally took me a year to actually re We only went for one year in State 2, so we always knew we were coming back. But I wasn't quite sure if I should stay in Manchester or move. And uh, by this time, I was doing most of my work travelling and being part of the senior leadership team of New Frontiers, and the, the movement was expanded all over the world. So it really was quite a big job anyway. And so even thinking about doing something local, was uh, I used to say it was a bit of a hobby mm. you know, it's something but we joined these uh, small group of people which was effectively the last church that we planted before we went to America and they'd asked if we would come back to it and help it so we did that it was in the poorer part of Manchester and uh, where there's very, not many Christians and also very little movement in terms of people who would stay put and so we found that it's one of the more difficult places to get traction to get momentum so it took us 2 or 3 years before we really got to 30 or 40 people it was very slow uh, going and I did wonder if uh, actually, we would only just do one church, and then I thought, well, maybe we should build something a bit bigger. And uh, started to we actually because we actually had a great facility at the town hall, mm-hmm. so it kind of lent itself uh, to the whole of the east uh, east side of Manchester. Um, and so that was kind of it was like two or three years figuring out what
0: the next stage of life mm. was. Mm. So you were in Hyde Town Hall at the time, it took you a while to work out what you wanted to do next, but th- there must have been a, a turning point where you've, because I heard you talk about you, you wanted to do, you thought about doing a regional church effectively, and if we compare your first time in Manchester, when you turned up in South Manchester, it seems like you got 50 people within a couple yeah. of days, it was yes. that simple, and whereas this time round, it took you three or four years to get to 30 people. Yes. So there must have been a clicking point where you thought, okay, we need to plant. This is We can't be just trying to build a big thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I became
1: more aware, first of all, that God had told me to do 20 churches, so yeah. that was uh, in the top of my head. I also realised, actually, I'm a better networker and I'm a better person looking at a big picture mm-hmm. than trying to pastor teach uh, a, a local church. And I yeah. actually... Uh, developing leaders, you need more opportunities, and I just love developing leaders. And I realised actually the best way of doing that was back to uh, what we were doing before. Uh, but starting again in my early fifties, it did. It, it emotionally, it was uh, you know a, quite a, a big deal for me, and I, I was giving most of my energy uh, towards the movement. So yeah, as I say it was a, a bit of a, a journey, but in the end. I realised if we were going to do anything, we needed to start a second site. And uh, I was pretty persuaded in my head that we should start in Fallowfield, which is the student area. Because there's very few young people going to church on the east side of the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of depopulated in terms of that age group. And so it was a strange thing to say to these 30 people, I want us to pray for a worker to start a second meeting. In uh, Fallerfield, and mm. there was it was kind of that was like a massive journey for them, it was only, it was only three miles away, it mm. was like another world, mm. and uh, they, they thought I'd kind of uh, you know, what are you on? But mm. then, you know, bless them, we prayed, and then I was one day I was standing at a, uh, at a train station talking to a pastor of a church in. Uh, down in Birmingham and uh, had come up just to have a chat and it just he said to me what are you praying for? and I said I'm praying for someone who will be a kind of student you know, pastor to actually plant as a church in student and he said I know exactly the person you need Tim Simmons Tim and Vicky who had dreams about coming to Manchester and so effectively Tim that's me the, yeah. yeah you you were the answer to those prayers and we just had enough money to get you up here for one year yep so it was a big risk for yourself. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we started. In fact, uh, in the vodka bar. Yeah. You know, I said to you, find somewhere very cheap because we've no more money.
0: Yes. Yes, I remember it. I remember moving up thinking that first year would be me just... I don't know what I thought I'd be doing just learning and not doing very much and observing and uh, within a month you'd have me looking up and down Fallafield and the curry Mile for a venue and then we started about two months later with five people I think
1: yeah it was that's right
0: and uh, yeah and it was 20 pound I think wasn't yeah, it yeah 20 quid yeah and they were happy if we bought beer so yes. <laughs> that was good so th- I, when we talked about you first planting in the in the first podcast you, you talked about how you planted and it was almost a, a you kind of ended up there quite by accident but it, by default um, and uh, and then eventually you realised and you, you planted again and learnt a bit more and so now at this point you've done a whole multi-site church without any of the multi-site language we have now and actually when we started Fallowfield 10 years ago there was a lot more in the, the kind of Christian western world about what it is to be multi-site uh, and so w- what was the journey in terms of we we went from 30 people in Hyde to 35 people, 30 of them in Hyde and 5 of them in Fallowfields. At what point do we claim, it's quite a grand claim to say, yes, we're a multi-site church. What was the journey for you in that I think um, Can you remember We used the term Hyperlocal Yeah I invented that term You did
1: uh, You got uh, booed For I using did. that term In a page Do you I remember did, I did <laughs> I did But actually It was very helpful for me Because it was basically Talking about newspapers Yes That That uh, Basically, were you either were national, yeah, or you were actually hyper local, yeah, which means you, you know, you're like a small segment, which in, in modern kind of media and uh, printing and social media is possible to do. Mm. But actually, it did kind of give me a little bit of language and also kind of focus that actually we needed to be a hyper local mm. church reaching the city mm. and. Uh, so even though it was a little bit of a kind of funny uh, term for us, it was just a, a help because it, it, it got my thinking back into the game mm. of board. So I think uh, the other thing I. Two other things I realised was, first of all, we were kind of family church, and when you're in the poorer part of the city, where actually there's not many people in what we would call kind of, uh, families of you know, mm. dad yeah. kids, uh, actually, it was, it, it, it was not a, a, a good missional term, because yeah. people thought, well, it's not for us then. Yeah. And so we actually decided to change our name to Christchurch Manchester, and um, have a strong, very kind of old-fashioned name in a mm. sense But actually that really helps yeah. when you're in that sort of community And it's really helped us through So the name change was a part of that transition Starting in Fallowfield And then basically uh, it, it was like something switched on in me again And I thought, okay, let's go for this yeah. And uh, let's get the 20 churches and uh, let's kind of plant them but also look, what, I, I wanted a trajectory that kept them all together mm. now this was for a much longer period of time and uh, this was helpful in two schools, one is the first ones were on the outside of Manchester so geography was massively yeah. stretched about 30 miles yeah. across them whereas we were now much more into the city yeah. so they were much more you know, easy to, to get your head around the fact that there were one church and also, when we were raising leaders, they all knew th- actually that this was one church and it was going to stay this way yes. as long as it is needed. Yeah. Um, so and so then I, 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 a person I've read my name in a book, and I'm not in many books, probably in one book. <laughs> it was Terry Virgo's book, wasn't it? Yeah. Correct. And um, came and saw me and said, well, "I'm getting married. Uh, I'm a youth pastor." I would like to be trained. Can you train me? Yeah. I said, Yeah, if you start a site for me. So effectively, that's it. So we started Withinshaw. Withington. Christ- Withington, sorry. Withinshaw is our latest one, isn't it? Yeah. Withington. Uh, Christchurch, Withington. They said, How do you do that? I said, "I'll show you." Well, so we got into we we rented. No, we didn't pay anything. We actually found the basement of a uh, a wine bar, mm. and uh, as long as we bought coffee and stuff, from them, they were happy. Uh, but actually, as we were doing that, we had the opportunity to actually do a second meeting at Falafel remember? because we right. did an evening meeting. Yeah, and the evening meeting brought a lot of musos, RT people. When uh, I jokingly said we need the people who are kind of doing medicine and stuff who, tr- who work in the evenings, <laughs> yes, let's start a morning meeting. So I said to Andy, actually, will you just help us launch a morning meeting in Valefield as well as doing the yeah? Because I said it's only it's a Tuesday night. Yeah, I'll a be there. Minute group. Yeah. So basically, he helped us build a congregation in the morning, which we handed over after a year. Yeah. And uh, then went to concentrate again on Withington. Yeah, and actually we were even doing it like that. We were back into the kind of let's have a go. Yeah, uh, and people joining us. And then Tom O'Toole came and said, "I want to do something in Salford." Yeah, and so we were beginning to get some traction, momentum, and uh, when leaders were coming through. So uh, now we then went to Kingsway within, uh, with, no, within Shure, We started in the city centre. Yeah, you know, two students. I said, "Why don't you start a church for us?" Yeah. And, uh, they said, "How?" I said, "Just in the city centre. Go and run a Bible study in a coffee shop." Yeah. I'll teach you how to pray with your eyes open, so you don't look idiots. <laughs> everybody else, and they gathered ten people. Yeah. So and, uh, they graduated and I said you could graduate saying
0: we, we're a student and we planted a church yeah, that church good. is our goal so let's take a few steps back there'd be maybe pastors listening to this thinking about their church uh, of whatever size maybe um, you know like 30 like we had at the beginning and thinking okay how do I take that group of people on the journey of becoming multi site because it's quite easy for us to tell our story and it look seamless yes. um, but actually those early years I mean we joke about it but uh, when you talked about this is what we're going to do, actually the the reaction was, there was a lot of positive and some quite upset in the room, wasn't there? So how do we... And actually, you know, CCM has been through that journey now and actually our people, every time we plant, they're asking where we're going to go next. So yes. we, we did a lot of hard work in building that culture in over years yes. uh, which, and it's now fully established. If we slowed down, there would be more upset people, I think. So, um, so in those, how did you make that shift? Gosh. How do you lead through that? Okay, well, just to slightly
1: backtrack, mm-hmm. where we started 25 years ago, what I realized is because there was only two couples, And very early on, we started Bolton. You know, within months, it it felt like actually from get go, everybody understood the trajectory. Yeah. So in that sense, um, I lived in this kind of dream of it was a great dream. Actually, everybody who came uh, wanted what we wanted. Yeah. And so uh, when we started again, I thought that would be exactly how it would be. Because there are only 30 people. Yeah. But, of course, those 30 people, first of all, had been together for quite a while. Yeah. And also, they had begun to think of either a large church or house church. You know, they'd actually got their own kind of thinking. Uh, And uh, so when you then say, okay, we're going to start and do a multi-site, we're going to start in Fallowfield... Um, it actually was far more complicated than I thought Mm. and even more so because you would have thought changing 30 people would be easier than changing 300 people but actually there's a a kind of resistance there because everybody wants to be consulted everybody's used to having their opinion they've joined often because they've got a role yes and so, effectively, I really—it was—it uh, took, it took a couple of years um, to begin to get that change. So, one of the things was actually doing something. Yes. So, it's for, you know, there's always a few people. So the book just on that kind of tipping point. there's a, there's a few early adopters. There's a few people. Who get it? yeah, and uh, what I found is that you need sometimes to just start something small scale, so when we started in the evening and we, did, we deliberately went evening not morning yeah, so that we could both go to yeah. the morning meeting, effectively first thing people realized it didn't really affect them that much, yeah so the kind of panic <laughs> How does this affect me? We were able to kind of smooth that. Yeah. So, first of all, that kind of brought the temperature down. Yeah. Um, as we started to grow, then actually people could see. Oh, actually, some new people, and especially when they started coming on the Sunday morning, sometimes as well. Yes. And then people could see. Oh. Actually, this is yes. This is okay. And uh, so it took two or three years, even with 30 people. And, yeah. and it's, it's the same when you've got 300, 500. That actually, it's a, the change management is different, yeah. the scale of it. But the, the reality is, whether it's small or big, it takes time. And you have to have some wins along the way. Yes. And uh, so, for us, <clears throat> that's how we basically did it. I had one or two left, not many, but uh, you know, that, that effectively they
0: bought in for something that was changing. Mm. Now, it's really interesting, the because uh, uh, as I remember it, actually the vision what we wanted to do and what we talked a lot around the place, and you particularly was actually a very big it wasn't we're just going to have it wasn't, we, it was very much we're going to have a go and see what happens because that's our way but it wasn't a we'll have a go half-heartedly, it really was we are going to go for this August. but going for it means five people Yes. and a 20 quid bar and we're paying this guy not very much I hasten yes. to add for a year yes. and then he'll go part-time and it, you know he'll have to find other work and other places, yes. so impact on your life, on church finances uh, we are limiting as much as we can and really this is at the entrepreneurial end so you you talk to some pastors about going multi-site and they've got 200 people and they're looking to take 75 somewhere else yes that's huge impact which probably means they won't be able to do it again for a long time when we've got 30 and we're taking actually we probably of our existing members we took me and Vic and Ed and Hannah. Yes. And then there were a few other people we managed to patch in. Yes. Um, and that was it. So it is really interesting. It was a, a big noise, baby step would be the, the way. Yes.
1: I mean, one of the things that um, I'd learned years ago, and uh, actually heard it, I think, from John Wimber, that um, a church can only plant like four or five. Before it absolutely stalls. Yeah. And uh, he called it the rip effect, which we use, which is effectively, if you, especially if mainly multi sites and church comes out of what we think of as resource churches, churches yes. of two, three, four, five hundred, and then they send 50, 70 people out. But of course, those 50, 70 people affect probably 200 in the main congregation because yes. of all the friendships. Yes. Do that again, and virtually everybody has lost a friend. And although you would
0: say, it doesn't matter because you'll meet up at other times, the reality is in busy lives. Yeah, if you haven't got the weekly Sunday morning, even just looking and saying hello, you don't have that reminder. Yeah. Relationships break down. Correct. So uh, the one thing that uh, we
1: did um, on the first time, which in a sense we stumbled across but actually very quickly I understood the strength of it, is by starting with Sue and a dog, effectively you weren't having much of a rip effect. And uh, so the challenge is when you do that, it's out of sync with the main church.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Now, a lot of people do, especially if you're a 200-people church plus, because you've got an all singing, all dancing congregation yes. that actually provides children's work, youth work, old folks'
0: work. Yeah. It's kind of like a single shop. Better organised. <laughs> if you want a few weeks off, you can drop out the rotaries. There are plenty of yeah. people around here. So then you start. So we learnt then that actually... Um,
1: starting with a small group doesn't mean that you want it to stay that way. Yes. But you're actually pioneering. So it's when I said to those two students, starting the coffee shop. Yeah. What I wanted them to do, which they did fantastically, is get about 10 or 12 people. Yeah. Which actually are mainly newbies. Yes. Yeah. So they're not... And then you've actually started getting a core. Yeah. So you actually... You're doing multi-site with a church planting Philosophy yeah. and strategy, yeah, um, and which actually is why we call it multi-pointed. Yeah. We're trying to figure out name out. What what yeah. is this? But that's exactly what it is. Um, and the other thing is that you don't need a big mismatch between the size of the Sunday congregations, and so it is a challenge if you're a two hundred people church to have a 50. Mm -hmm. There's a number of churches now that are looking at working amongst the poor in poor areas and therefore almost doing something a bit of a hybrid from their multi-site. And the big challenge is if it doesn't look and feel like everybody else, it immediately feels isolated. Yes. And the kind of uh, poor brother, poor sister. Yeah. So we effectively... Mm. Have now kept our core issues about 50 70 people. Yeah. Uh, which means when you start with 10, get to 20, you, you, a 30 meeting meeting in the right venue can feel like a 70 meeting. Yeah. And then, so
0: all those things we've kind of tried to look at. A factor into what we're doing. Mm, yeah, very good. Uh, it also meant we could uh, we could do missions slightly different in different places. So the thing with doing the, the Fallowfield site is we could, you know, we did dance music nights and all sorts of things to the sort of things you can't do in Gorton. So doing them together would never have worked. And yes. so yeah, it gave us lots of opportunities and options. And um, so as you compare like kind of the family church era so that what you did in the, in the kind of mid-late 90s in Manchester when you, like you planted Bolton and then Warrington and Oldham and the city centre and Salford and these became uh, separate churches what's the difference between doing it that way and how we're doing it now? I think leadership
1: um, so now because we uh, are thinking more corporately and locally yeah the way that we are raising staff and leaders is slightly different. So, when you've got a trajectory of church planting, in a sense, you're raising up pastor teachers, yes, in some form, because yeah. and therefore your staffing tends to be that mix, yeah. Whereas now we have got, I mean, we've got. Some people who do youth work we've got people who help us write music so we've got a really excellent lot of music on Spotify self-written and produced Um, our website even writing the book we've got a school of theology so um, we've got a whole mixture of talent that actually um, give us some breadth and so when you look at us, we are doing what a big church can do yes But actually, our mission, our local, is uh, community church. Yes. So we've actually got, I think, our strength of both, and because the trajectory is set, the way that we staff and the way we do leaders
0: actually gives us just more scope. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. So I lead one of the sites in Burnage. And which is uh, on paper there's forty of us, in reality there's only over thirty people in a room, and so there a lot of young families, a lot of people who are progressing in their careers, so they are a, they are a time poor group of people, yeah. um, but a brilliant bunch, and they wanted to reach out to local community, and one of them said to me, we want to do a family fun day, mm-hmm. uh, which is my weak spot by by some distance, but if we'd have just been that church on our own, mm-hmm. we could never have pulled it off, but because of the uh, Lady Barn site I've done numbers of family fun days we had this whole pool of experience and expertise and contacts that we could uh, pull off we had we got people who did all the design for us and we had people who helped us with the advertising we had some financial backing in the church so we could do Facebook ads and all of that sort of stuff which if it's just me on my own with a small church plant those things are probably beyond me um, we could have tried them all and but we would have done a lot worse but because of the backing the expertise so that when you were talking about the stake in the ground and all the webbing well it's a good example actually there and we we went off the strength of the other stakes yeah which is you know when
1: I'm listening to this I'm thinking that was my dream yes because I was that pastor 30 years ago yeah in a church of 40 yeah knowing that I didn't have all the gifts and I didn't and we were poor how do we Get some traction, yes. And actually, the multi-site, especially going for congregations that uh, are attainable, yes,
0: yeah. So I'd imagine if uh, people are listening into this, and maybe pastors of churches or members of churches where they're one or two meetings in the same location or or whatever, uh, they might be listening to this model, thinking, "How does uh, how do you claim that this group of?" six church meetings and congregations and communities, um, which is multiplying and looking to do seven, eight, nine, and ten um, How does it claim to be one church? Oh, that's interesting I mean, in the sense that people feel like they're one church yeah.
1: That's the big thing Yeah it's interesting because a lot of churches go down the route that to make one church you need the same preaching yeah. uh, so you have a kind of preaching kind
0: of road, you know, person goes around Yeah, even tele- like TVing it putting it over yeah. the internet into people's yeah.
1: Which is not wrong, it's just the way most people think Yeah. Um, interestingly, my biggest gift is not teaching, I'm not a bad teacher but it's by yeah. far no, it's not my greatest gift and I much prefer to raise up teachers Yeah. So we have our whole. Just using this as an example, Tim. You know, I think we've trained a hundred preachers. Yep. And uh, we gather them together. They're in groups, self-learning. And uh, but it's interesting that actually we do that all together. Yes. So it, the relation, strong relationship, I feel like. Hey, we're one of the hundred. Yeah or well, one of the 50 that actually do the preaching. Yeah. <clears throat> now actually makes them buy into the whole far more yeah. than if they're in a congregation where someone's coming around to preach them. Yes. So we actually work a, a slightly counterintuitive to a lot of people. And um, the work that if you can build some relationship equity yeah. by people being on as like, though we do a missions into Dresden, don't we? Yeah. Two or three years. And taking a team that comes from all the congregations, but by the time they come back, they they've, they've got friendships. They're on yeah. Facebook together, yeah. and actually, they feel really kind of joined. Yes. And so we've I've realised that there's more joined in there than if we are all together. I remember the first time we did the multi sites. We used to bring all the sites together. This was in thing, Once a month. Yeah thinking that actually get everybody in the same room because we found a big enough venue, yeah. that would help us be together. It actually had completely the reverse effect. Right. Because people used to take a sickie. Yeah, <laughs> have a week off and this week. And then when they came, we needed a big kids work, we needed everything, so therefore we had to get rotors. Yeah. So people, it actually, it, it, it said everything that didn't help us. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so we do it once a year now. Yes, and uh, we make it work well. You can use some of the staff to do the children's work. Yeah, yeah. We, so actually, when people come, yes, it's actually a big deal. We, a weekend away. Yes, exactly the same. Yeah, we're going to make it so that actually this is a, a a good thing. So we brought in children's workers from yes. other churches. And, yeah. So I guess what. I, uh, I, th- 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 for us, uh, we're a discipleship training. We want people to write music, we want to serve musos, and we want people to preach, we want good standards, and we want to, uh, an easy start. Yes. and we. So that's what keeps us together. Yeah. Even I work with the poor, we raise bucket lots of money yeah. each year, and everybody kind of, we do it together. Yeah. And we celebrate it. We do, we raise money for mission together and we send people. Yeah. So effectively, those it's the vision, the relationship, um, making sure that we know what helps us. Yeah. And what actually hinders us. Yeah. So even making the finance so it's helpful for the site leaders, not hindrance. Yes. Yeah. So we... We're serving all the time. Yeah. Yes. And uh, even for myself, I mean, I joke about it. I say, you know, when people say, Colin, you're here, but you're not doing anything. I say, I'm a warm body. And they said, what do you mean? I said, look, there's 10 of you in the room. The new leader is just hoping that it, there'll be at least a few people here. Yeah. When I turn up and uh, I actually have an extra person in the room.
0: Yes. And... And Actually, it's a million dollars. <laughs> so if we, in our current kind of modern multi-site um, kind of conversation, you'll, like we talked about, you will, you'll often see there's a, a main preacher and they will do the most of the preaching in, and whether that's filmed or whatever, and sometimes they have a touring worship band as yeah. well and all of these things, um, and often the leader is quite visible as... And it can be built around a preaching gift or something like that. Uh, and they are, would be known as the leader of the church. And you are the leader of CCM very much, but you operate very differently to that. Uh, and tell us a bit about that, what that looks like for you. Uh, well, it means that when I turn up as a congregation, I have
1: to get introduced yeah. <laughs> uh, after... I basically, I think I preach a lot more now, but because I travelled a lot, yeah. um, Actually, um, by the time Sundays came, as you know, I I I wasn't uh, mentally engaged enough to. That's one my (laughs) my (laughs) opponents. Yes. So yeah, I I feel like uh, I've raised up leaders that can actually honour what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like they're um, trying to take it from me. Yeah. Um, And I don't feel I have to um, kind of get up. Um, They know I'm in their their head off a lot, so I I, I do a lot of coffee shop stuff. Yeah. Um, So my main role is with the senior people just talking, talking, talking. Yeah. Uh, keeping on board on the vision challenging encouraging I say being a warm bodied. so actually a lot of them just know that my, and my wife would turn up yeah and actually it's just amazing that, that actually the kind of credibility you have with yes. the group yeah. and because we're there on every new group yes because I've got the time to do that because yes. I, I don't have to preach all, all yeah. you're actually building a philosophy and a culture yeah and uh, just being around people, you know. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm actually almost doing a joining the church course. Yes. On the ground, yeah. in life. Yeah. Uh, with the new people. And actually, for me, that's building something that's sustainable. And, uh, and you're actually developing leaders. Yes. Yes. And uh, one of my leaders the other day said to me, I think you're re-engineering me, Colin. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. Yeah, um, I'm trying to help people grow. That's my goal. I I love it. I I, I some people, in case you see me crying. I don't do it a lot, but when I, I watch one of our guys or girls. Preach well, yeah. And just for me or leader meeting, yeah. I was there preaching at one of our sites of the week, and I was looking at the main leader. I was thinking, when I first knew you, I didn't know you had it in you. Yeah, but now you're leading a congregation, you're an elder, doing great. You're doing absolutely fab, and I, I'm
0: just sitting there thinking, that's what, yes, why we do what we do. Yes, that's a really interesting question of influence. Um, Again, if you go from one, one meeting, uh, church, to a number of meetings, actually, it, is, it seems a process of re-engineering the influence that the main leader has. And so you're joining, you're roving joining the church course, for example. you would uh, A church leader might think, right, I need to lay foundations of something, so this is the preaching program, or even this is a community group program we'll put together and we'll teach our way through it. Whereas actually, and I've seen you do it numbers number of times, you're in the brand new site, You work the room so you become more liked than the main leader very often because you're not up front making the mistakes to start with but you're working the room and you're getting to know people and talking to them and in that you bring them into the CCM as a whole yes uh, and the culture and, the, and at the same time it's happening in front of them because you're then coaching their leader yes so it's a yes it's a very unusual way of doing things yeah I think it's
1: <laughs> I'd like it to think it's a biblical way but <laughs> I, I do preach a lot and you know, you enough. do, yes. But the reality is, um,
0: I, most of my teaching is in small groups. Yes, of one-to-one. How often do you... You're, you're told what to preach a lot of the time. So but you fit into their preaching series. Yes, I do. You don't impose yourself. No. Uh, well, who <laughs> who you're talking to, doesn't <laughs> it? Um, <laughs> um, I, I,
1: I, I like to think I don't, but I do, because... Um, you know, I want people to do local preaching series in each yeah. site. That's mainly because each site's different. Yeah. And also, each site leader and the people they're bringing through are actually wired differently. So some are much better systematic yeah. preachers, others are better conceptual preachers, yeah. some are better doing the story, narrative, uh, at, at different parts, whether student done or yeah. etc. So you want that to happen uh, locally. So that actually they win. Yeah. But I do uh, I, sometimes, especially early on, uh, I, I I kind of decide what I let go and what I don't. Yes. And because uh, I'm always looking, I want people to change. And uh, sometimes too many people are kind of told too much. Yes. And. Uh, I remember someone said to me, I made so many mistakes that would right, I'm, make, I'm going to make sure none of my leaders make those mistakes. And I was thinking to myself, actually, the only way you matured is making those mistakes. Yes. Don't you want maturity to happen to those other people? Yes. Now, it's, there is a, you know, you don't want everybody to do the yes. same thing. But actually, growth happens when you make decisions and then find out for yourself. So I'm careful... To make sure that I might see something that I think I don't agree with that That's going to go there And then I make a decision Do I intervene Or do I allow it To to self-revelation Yes And it's Everything's different It depends on How it affects the congregation Yes You know There's a whole load of factors That are way up Yeah I I prefer people to self learn. Yes. But if it actually is gonna do harm to CCM whole yes. or harm to their congregation in a way that's not helpful, yeah. then I will yes. I will be yes. you know, quite strong on it. But um, I think too many people are trying to micromanage people. Yes. Too many people are actually trying to get people into the kind of system of this is everybody does this, yeah, to try and make it like cohesive. That's but actually, it does make it cohesive, it it, it makes it tidy, I think, more than cohesive, yes, and probably not that developmental, yes. Whereas we are a little bit messier, yes, (laughs) um, which we call the low bar, (laughs) yeah. Um, Actually, far, I think far more developmental, which is why we have so many preachers coming through, yeah. so many leaders coming through. Why we've got, what, what is it, 10, 15 people on yeah. our site leader training, yeah. uh, 80 people on our school of theology.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah yeah very good we'll finish in a second and we'll probably do a whole podcast on this one but you mentioned the low bar so something we talk about in CCM with our leaders and bringing it through leaders is we have a very low bar for leadership uh, which always makes people nervous and then we say but we also have a very high bar for leadership yes. so we, we mm, I can't think of the word we don't impose but we state very clearly there is a low bar and then there is a high bar yes. talk us through that a little bit you're thinking there Well I think so often I go around churches a lot because
1: that kind of was my day job in terms of helping senior leadership teams in this country and other countries and often they would say we have not enough leaders or we have not enough people to do rotors etc and then when you analyse it it's because there's often an arbitrary requirement Yes. and when I say they would say it's biblical but actually it's often just yeah. arbitrary. Yes. So, you know, and what would that mean? It means they turn
0: up four out of five times. Yes. they at the prayer meeting. Yes. They tithe. Yes, so, some sort of arbitrary level of commitment. Correct. Which is decided really by the, the church, a small group of church leaders. Correct. Based on who knows what. Well, yeah, and, uh, so, but, and what that does is it disqualifies. Yes
1: and especially people who have basically put their head above the parapet and then it's gone wrong Yes, and then effectively they're kind of dismissed benched. so yes and we have a lot of people on the bench that's so for certain in, in the churches so for me I, I stop for a low bar some of my kind of trainees say how low? I say as low as you can get because <laughs> they say no, 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 no but the reality is that uh, you you want aspirations, so you want people to start doing things, and because uh, actually for me it was getting involved. Yes. So so we want that low bar, and obviously you've got to be real about that. You've got to you know so and it, and that low bar is different in different situations. But effectively, by you know Peter denied Jesus. Yes. <laughs> you know he, yeah. he ran away. Yeah. You know. He would have been benched for years. Yeah. And, and, uh, but he was preaching to 3,000 people. Yeah. You know, weeks later. Yeah. You know, the reality is that was a massive learning of thing yeah. for him. So, but for me, the low bar is just a start. We want people to be mature disciples of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. And actually... Uh, it says in Ephesians that actually the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists are there to equip the saints for works of service until they reach maturity. So works of service, getting involved, Yes. so if you've got a gift of leadership, you need to start using it a bit, that's part of the works of service. Yes, very good. And therefore you need both in tandem. So Jesus his disciples were baptising people from virtually get-go. Yeah. So when people said to Jesus, you know, you've been baptized, he said, no, I haven't, actually. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are. Yeah. And, and Judas would have been one of those as well. Yeah, they were a mess of a group. And Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, tax collector, yeah. straight in. Yeah. Because in only three years, so it could only have been a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes. And they were doing stuff that takes years sometimes. Yes. So I'm talk about low bar. So baptising people, getting people, you know, actually saved. You getting well? It was interesting. One of the girls, who is one of our senior leaders, said um, when she was listening to me talk on this, she said, "Colin, I get it because I came." Barely a Christian, and she says I was really mixed up, and I was asked to go and welcome people on the door two weeks. Something she said. I suddenly thought I need to get my life sorted out if I'm going to do that. And I know what I thought. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like yes, that's what I need by low bar. Yeah. yeah it's not you stay there. It's, it's you suddenly think, wow, I need to grow. Yes. And I. Feel like we're too scared yes. to marry those two together because will, people will make mistakes. Yeah, people will let
0: it down. Yeah, and it is you know you you've got to you know be real and uh, you know well Jesus was let down and we, you know Judas and Peter and, and other occasions. So Paul said, "Everybody's left me." Yes, <laughs> you know yeah. they, they all yeah
1: knew what it was like to be let down. Yes, big time. Yeah, and. Uh, you know that the reality is we're not going to make disciples and we 're definitely not going to have enough leaders if we don't go through the pain barrier of actually feeling let down or that they've let us down, and therefore we're having to tidy their mess up yes, and actually that's a lot of kind of life yes and uh, but I, you know. I, I believe passionately that the gift of leadership. There's enough of it in the church for all of us to have more than enough. Yes, and uh, I believe that theologically, because I believe God gives that gift. I think the issue is uh, it comes in packages. Yeah. that don't look like leaders. Yes, and don't look mature. Yes, and look like the half baked. Yes, and. Uh, Reality is we need to do what Jesus said, make
0: disciples. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, I think we will finish there um, just talking with Colin Barron about the multi-siting and multi-planting journey. We're going to keep going. Next time, we will uh, talk about the kind of stages that we go through to get uh, from that one person, sometimes one person and a dog, uh, to a prayer and then to the kind of an established church uh, and how we have actually a very clear way of doing that in CCM and how that works for us.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, you can find the full notes on everything that Colin said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 142. See you next time.